Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. This week we interview Alessandro Ronchi with Bitbull, a Magento agency in Italy. He has organized Magento events like Mage Titans and appeared at many of Magento conferences across the world. He is a member of the Magento Association Content Committee. We start off with Brent showing off his t-shirt from the X-Commerce event in San Francisco in 2021 that kicks off a month of Magento t-shirts. We talk about the Magento Association and the Magento community. We dive into the original Meet Magento and share some criticisms about how it was organized. We talk about the importance of small events and why the Magento Association needs to pay attention to these smaller events. We discuss Magento 2 and its future. There is some foreshadowing on helping Adobe understand that merchants want to see a roadmap and it's important no matter if it's open source or commerce. We'll learn that Alessandro's heart is in Magento and he is still in love with Magento. Oh, amor. We'll learn about Alessandro's passion and guess what? It's running. Do you want to hear a joke about documentation? Oh, wait, it's not done yet. <laughs> the Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum. Not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom-line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. All right, welcome to this special Italian edition of Talk Commerce. Today I have Alessandro Ronchi. Uh, Alessandro, why don't you introduce yourself? And, and if I've said your name, last name wrong, please correct me. Okay, ciao. Uh, that means hello in Italian. Uh, yes, my last name is Ronchi. Yeah, so it's very difficult for a uh, for, uh, native English speaker to pronounce it well. Don't, don't worry. 
um, yeah, from Italy. Um, many people know me as a longtime Magento uh, community member. Uh, all started in 2008 or nine with Magento One, and I'm still here. Um, yes, I'm in the community uh, since then, and um, the first in the first years I uh, didn't uh, show off too much. I organized something in uh, in Italy. Then I started uh, appearing in international conferences and doing more and more things. Now I'm on my fourth year as a maintainer, and uh, I'm also a member of the Magento Association uh, Content Committee. Um, and yeah, and I have a recent passion that uh, about about which we will talk later, maybe. All right, great. Good to have you on the show today. Um, I want to just point out for the people that are listening that I have my uh, my. Uh, Magento yeah. X, X, X.commerce shirt on today um, from the 2011 show in San Francisco, which was one of the funnest shows and one of the oddest shows right after eBay uh, purchased Magento. Uh, and I've, I can't find my original shirt from the original um, Magento Imagine, but I think this is one of the oldest shirts that I have <laughs> still left. From the from the glory days, can we say the glory days of Magento way back? I I think I think so uh, because Magento is not Magento anymore. It should be Adobe Commerce, but we are too used to to call it Magento. So, yeah, the glory days. I think they are gone. There is a future uh, that we will speak about it. Uh, but yeah, they are definitely the glory days of of Magento. Probably not not the best period, the one represented by your shirt, because I remember that in that period, the, the logo of Magento disappeared from events, from Imagen, uh, because there was this, this uh, eBay uh, thing that wanted to cancel in some way the Magento name, brand, uh, but then it, it won over eBay, as we know. Yeah, so maybe part of our job as uh, as our as community members is to keep the name alive. Yeah. Um, let's so let's let's just um, quickly go over what your role is right now. What are you What are you doing for your day to day job? You yeah. run an agency. Is that correct? Yes, I run an agency, and I'm, I I work together with the team. So I, I do operations, basically. So I lead the team, I mentor the team, um, write documentation, write uh, blog posts, uh, help people designing solution uh, on Magento. And so I'm um, mostly um, focus my efforts on uh, architecture and design of, of Magento modules and solution. This right. is, I don't write a lot of code, but I design a lot of code together with my, my teammates. And you also put out some great content on your, uh, you have a weekly um, newsletter that you put content out, which thank you for yeah, that. I, yeah, I also, uh, yeah, thank you for, for <laughs> reminding me about this. I also curate from, I think five years now, uh, a newsletter about uh, new resources 
related to the Magento ecosystem. It's called Matress. And yes, it's a monthly newsletter. Uh, I actually, the last issue was in July and I don't have an August issue because in Italy, in August, things tend to calm down. We have a day off period, so we don't do that much. And I choose to not to send a newsletter this month, but yeah, I will definitely send it next one. And yeah, I have not so much follower, but people that follow me are, are always willing to give me feedback and help. And I also have uh, a guy that helps me uh, keeping the, the repo, the repository uh, clean. And uh, he helped me building some automation through GitHub actions, things like that. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing to keep things going and up to date in the Magento world. Yeah, good. So um, uh, let's talk a little bit about your role on the Magento Association, and maybe we could talk about the Magento community. I'm also on a committee. I'm in the membership committee. We yeah. met yesterday. Oh. Um, yeah, okay. Just give us your 10,000-foot view of the Magento Association and where it's at right now. Yeah, uh, Magento Association was born with the, with the idea of empowering this community. Um, I was part of the founding task force, a group of people that um, had the mission to set the initial board of directors and the foundation of the, of the association. So the bylaws, the, the, the initial things to do uh, in the next uh, years. Uh, then I was asked to join the content committee and in the content committee, what I do is reviewing content that comes from contributors. Everyone can contribute to, to the Magenta Association blog. Everyone can submit some content. Uh, so we basically do review uh, of this content. And um, I also write some content sometimes uh, if, we, if we have uh, lack of contents or maybe we recently I had the um, opportunity to start a thread about Magento Fundamentals. I published on my on my company blog and the Magento Association uh, reposted those uh, articles because uh, one of the requests that uh, came to the Magento Association was more and more material about uh, fundamentals. So it was just uh, the right thing to do in, the, in, in that period. But basically, that's it. We, we have a monthly meeting. We discuss about new content opportunities. There are things that are going on. Uh, I don't know how much I can disclose, so I prefer not sharing too much. Uh, but there will be some news in the future about uh, what the content con committee will uh, will publish. So stay tuned. Yeah, that's great. And I know one thing we talked about yesterday for content um, is that we need more content from merchants, not just members and partners. Uh, there, there seems to be, well, I know our goal, our goal as on the membership community is to grow the whole roles of the yeah. actual, of the, of who's uh, signed in or who's a, a member of the Magento Association. So I think yeah. our, it, it is, it, it, it's always been a struggle to invite merchants to be part of the Magento community. And there's not a natural, I don't think in any community there's a natural place for merchants or maybe merchants don't think about 
being part of any community. They just want to run their store. And I don't think that's any different in any other community. So trying to get them involved has always been a challenge. Yes, because their feedback is, is valuable. So if they manage to get in touch and give valuable feedback, the, the entire community, the product itself could benefit from them and improve for them. So this is why it's vital to have them on board. And one of the things that characterized Magento Association since the beginning was um, being focused on diversity. So trying to be uh, inclusive and trying to be to, to include everyone on the represented groups. So just don't think like a group of technical people, but uh, have a broad view about all the people that could be involved in the community. So this is obviously this what this make made things a little bit more difficult because when you strive for diversity there are a lot of things to think about but it was the the right thing to do um, we were guided by by smart people in doing our job some of them unfortunately are no more in the magenta community uh, ben was was in the in the task force uh, and he was also a member of the board of directors, uh, but that's that's how things go. So good luck, Ben, for for your new adventure. Yeah, you know, I don't think we can necessarily. I mean, I, I know for Ben, Ben is a different story because he he's gone to another company and he's representing yeah. that company in a in a evangelistic or a community fashion, but. I do believe that there's places for other community for other community members to be part of our community. There's no reason why we can't sort of intermix our communities and learn from each other. And I think one challenge um, that we've had in a lot of conferences is the fact that it is so focused only on Magento and especially on Magento developers. And it tends to, the, the focus on Magento developers sometimes tends to take away any, um, any idea that there's something of interest for anything other than hmm. a super technical person. Yeah, we, we, know, we know, Brent, very well this topic because we, we were among the organizers of Mage Titans, which is a, a developer event for developers. Uh, made by developers for developers. And I must confess that sometimes uh, someone criticized this, this kind of approach because they told us, okay, you are not inclusive. Why uh, an event only for developers? Meet Magento is uh, as a broader audience. Uh, so I, I know what you, what you mean and uh, yeah. Uh, or just including developers risk to exclude too many too many other people that are interested in the in the whole ecosystem sometimes you have to make choices sometimes you you can uh, strive for more diversity and that's what the magenta association is there for yeah and i I'll, I'll admit that i was one of those critics for mage titans and uh, okay i put on mage titans uh, in 2017 forward in texas and in mexico and and we always strived to include at least project management and um mm -hmm. uh, we would sometimes have uh, some merchants there but yeah it was it was still mainly developers yeah um, 
So I, you know, and I think the other problem or, or let's not, not a problem, but there were some expectations in the past around the size of a conference and what makes a conference successful. And I think the bigger the conference, the better. And there was always this idea that if you didn't get 400 people at a conference, your conference really wasn't very successful. So I think we have to realign that notion. And I think even with the Magento Association and Meet Magentos, there's a place for smaller events. And yeah. we don't want to call them a meetup, but we don't, but we also don't want to say if we're going to do a Meet Magento in, say, Bolivia or you know, so, or even meet Magento Sicily or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you're only going to get 50 people. It's bringing the awareness of Magento to that community rather than focusing on the conference needs to have two or 300 people. Yeah. Then the conference is, a, is not a success. If there's a format that works and, and it's a smaller event and it's, and it's promotes the name Magento, I feel like that should be part of how Magento mm -hmm. moves forward in, in evangelizing its brand. I agree. Yeah. Um, so uh, from the content committee then, and from diversity, um, I had a, I've had some great conversations around diversity. Um, Sharon Lampert from Adobe has been on mm -hmm. and talked about it. Uh, there are places that are underrepresented. Um, Africa, for for particular, is is an under underrepresented place, um, and somewhat I think South America. There's a lot of users in South mm -hmm. America, but mm -hmm. the, it, because of the language, it's underrepresented. Yeah. So I don't know. Can you speak in your uh, you as a non first you're, you're a non English first yeah. language speaker. How do you deal with uh, with the language things in terms of Magento? Yeah, I I I can I agree with you, and I can testify that in also in my collection of resources, uh, I have uh, very few content in language which is not English. I some time ago I started collecting resources in uh, other languages, for example. Not being a native, uh, those uh, native speaker of those languages, I asked for some help here and there, and I managed to have something uh, pushed by other people, but not that much. So I have something in for South America, uh, something in for Japan, but I I agree with you that uh, there are a lot of. Um, underrepresented but um, big communities uh, outside Europe and North America. Um, I don't have a solution for this problem. We, we try to understand why, why this happens, um, but honestly, I, I don't have a solution or I don't have an answer uh, about why some communities don't, um, don't reach out uh, like others. I'll throw out one more criticism um, and we won't, then I'll stop criticizing the, uh, the yeah. original Magento community um, or, or how Magento, um, how Meet Magento uh, went ahead and tried to promote its product. Um, number one, I, I mentioned the fact that the conference sizes were supposed to be some mm -hmm. big size. And I, mm -hmm. I, pr I proposed a conference 
in Bolivia, you know, way back in 2015 or something like that. And I was told, well, you have to spend $5,000. And I said, well, nobody, nobody in yeah. Bolivia, we're not going to get that yeah. many people. It's never going to break even. So no, it's a non-starter. And then they said, well, you as an American can't start a conference in Bolivia because you need a Bolivian to do it. Mm. So the next challenge is how do you get anybody that has any focus on Magento to start a, to do something in that community when they don't know anything about it yeah. or they don't know how to organize it. And I think the same thing is happening in Africa where um, maybe Kenya or, or something would might, or even South Africa would be a great place to do a Magento event, but there's not a person in that community that has maybe the energy or the drive or the know-how to start an event and without a seed. So I, I always see it as a seeding type of thing without a person going in and saying, let's do this event. And then I'm going to turn it over to a local or organizer. I think from a um, evangelistic standpoint, we could look, yeah. we could look to the church, <laughs> the church that, yeah. uh, you know, good or bad, they went out and they, they seed it. And, and it still happens today where they seed small communities and then they, that seed grows into something more. And I think Magento Association has to sort of look at that idea and model. And specifically around diversity, we need to uh, make sure that we are bringing in that representation but I don't think that those people that are underrepresented are necessarily going to just come in just for whatever reason. They're going to have to be, there's, they're, they're, they're have to be invited in and they're going to yeah. have to be welcomed. And there has to be a reason for us to do that. And I think some of the events that we do have to go to them and that they have to see why they want to be part of this community. Yeah. Sure. One of the things that we did, uh, we organized three Mage Titans in Italy. And from the second uh, edition, we tried to pull people in doing speech, uh, even if they were at their first experience as speaker, we tried to mentor them. And we, did, we didn't care about the fact that in our lineup, uh, unknown people would have would have had a talk um, we didn't have much attendance but who cares we managed to uh, accomplish our goal of being uh, of offering more diversity and I'm really proud about one thing uh, I, I I am the, the one I am I mean not I but my company my the organizers of Mage Titans were the one that uh, pushed uh, John Hughes to do his first talk. And from, from, from then on, he, he became a very, a very smart uh, speaker and he did a lot of talks and he prepared a lot of material. So I'm really proud of this because we were the ones that pushed him to do that. Uh, he was very shy. I didn't want to, to do it, but we... Yeah, we pushed him, we mentored, we, and we gave him the opportunity and trust to do that. No matter if his first talk, given that his first talk was good, but we were not interested in the, in the fact that it could be uh, 
good as Vinay, for example, which is a god <laughs> from that point of view. But we were in, more interested in giving the opportunity. Also because we were a small community in Italy, so uh, we, we, we knew that we didn't have much attendance anyway. So giving the possibility to new speakers to show off uh, was very important for us. So I'm very proud of this result. And we had a lot of female speakers too, which usually are underrepresented group. Um, just because of this. And the, the recipe was that of, not of asking directly uh, to uh, female speakers to uh, participate, but was that, I also wrote an article about this on Medium, was that of including in the uh, organizers, uh, female uh, people. So it was natural because if, Everything is organized by male, male people. Uh, obviously, of course, but because of networking, because of, typically your friends are male, uh, it's, it's natural that you tend to form a group more similar to yours. So my recipe is start with a group that is as much diverse as possible and you will, be, you will have a diverse outcome. That was the recipe and it worked. So simple, doable, that's it. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And I think um, I'm not I, I'm not on the event committee with Magento Association. And I don't know if there is a is there if there's a stated mission of doing those events. And I think number one, what you've said about having new speakers is so important because I think Mage Titans, that was one of the best things that Mage Titans did for people. And I know we put on Mage Titans in Austin, Texas. And that was a place where, uh, you know, good or bad, it was usually half attended by Magento employees. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. it was a great place for team members from Magento to do their first presentation for a product that they're representing or producing. Um, and they wouldn't have that opportunity at, say, Magento Imagine or the Adobe Summit. Yeah. But they get the opportunity and then suddenly their their peers can see that they, oh, you know, like John Hughes is, I had John, yeah. John Hughes has been on the show. He's yeah, a great yeah. presenter, but he needs some time to get used to doing that yeah. and then uh, get some practice. And these events, if part of the stated goal is to bring on newer speakers and, uh, and, help, and help them and coach them and and mentor them to be great speakers. Yeah, uh, that is another really good outcome of what we can do in terms of the event space. And I think too, if you if you target um, your audience and say to your speaker, "Hey, your our audience is going to be fifty people. It's going to be great. We're going to yeah. be there to help you." It's not as daunting as going to Magento Imagine, and your audience could be five hundred yeah. people or something. Yeah, it's like scaring. That. Yeah. Yeah, it's caring. Um, I, I, one more comment on on the language. We put on our first meet or Mage Titans in Mexico City in 2017, and I certainly made the mistake of doing English content mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even doing the website in English. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know that in 2018. We turned it around and all the content was in Spanish first. 
And then we put some English content in. And we also had, um, I'm going to say, well, in, in 2017, we probably had 70% English content and 30% Spanish content. 2018 and further, 2018, 2019, we did 90% Spanish content. And I think specifically for some in Latin America, I'll, I'll speak to Latin America, the engineering staff and the companies don't necessarily speak English very well. And they don't comprehend some of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. it, it's harder to trans like to, to yeah. put that knowledge into your head if your if your English isn't so great. Like my Spanish is horrible. And so <laughs> if I'm trying to sit through a Spanish uh, speaking conference, it's very difficult for yeah. me to comprehend the technical aspects of what I'm trying, what's what's being conveyed. So I think uh, the other thing from a um, from a, an event standpoint is to have it first in the local language, as much content as you can, and then some content in English. Cause we, you know, the big speakers like Ben Marks or Vinay Kopp, you know, they're going to speak in English and, and they also draw some people too. Yeah, of course. And this is, we, we did the same mistake. And we, when we realized it, um, it was the, um, the third mage Titan. And we promised to ourselves the next Mage Titans will be in Italian. And we didn't have any more, <laughs> any Mage Titan uh, in, because the pandemic, uh, because of the pandemic and because also uh, John from Space 48 took um, uh, a pause period uh, about Mage Titans. So we were waiting about some directives from him and then the pandemic arrived and we didn't organize uh, a new conference anymore. Uh, but yeah, our next Mage Titans would have been in Italian because we, we also realized the same things that you, you, you realized before us. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's how it, things would, would, would go well, probably in local, uh, in local um, communities. I, I also, before Mage Titans, I organized a couple of events in Italian um, and I, I had a greater, a greater attendance. The problem is that we were a very little community and we didn't have enough speaker, enough Italian speaker. There were two or three of them and it was the beginning of the Magento community in Italy. And it was very difficult to, uh, to assemble um, to assemble a, a conference with enough speakers in Italian language. And we didn't want to do two or three speech per speaker. It wasn't right. fair. Uh, so we managed to do a couple of editions in Italian, but then we, the people were, were all, always the same. So we started the Mage Titans and we invited international speakers. We had more diversity from that point of view. The audience uh, shrunk fundamentally because uh, here in Italy, English is not a um, very common second language. We studied at school, but it's not, we don't study it away in a way that we can speak fluently or understand it fluently. So that's it. And, 
Anyway, I'm studying Sp Spanish, uh, Honduolingo. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> and I understand when you say, because I, I, sometimes I try to, to simulate a speech in, in Spanish and it's horrible. I don't have any vocabulary. I can I can ask for a coffee. I can say gracias or things like that, but I, I don't I don't know how to say that you have to instantiate not to instantiate the object manager or things like that. Right. Yeah, and I think well, my best friend is from Madrid, so he tells me that he he wanted to learn a lot of the technical things mm -hmm. in Spanish because he's been in he's been in the U.S. now for 25 years. And then he's realized that most of those technical terms are just English, like sprint yeah. and, and backlog. And he's like, well, you said, <laughs> try, said, try to say backlog in Spanish. It makes no sense. So there are a lot of words that the Spanish just for technical, I think. And for me, that's an advantage because I'm on a lot of phone calls, you know, for in Spanish mm -hmm. and I can I can follow along. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. people think, oh, then they start speaking to me very rapidly in Spanish and then I'm like, wait, let's slow down. <laughs> yeah, I'm also yeah. very embarrassed to admit that I went in, in university. I took uh, three years of Italian and I remember nothing. <laughs> well, Spanish and Italian are very similar. In fact, I, I've been in uh, Mage Titans in Spain, in Valencia, and there were several speech in Spanish and I could uh, grab 80% of what, what was uh, said. So we have uh, vocabulary overlaps uh, a lot. So when you listen to Spanish, you more or less understand. And we also, uh, in Italy, we have some dialects that um, inherited some way of saying or some words from Spanish. Uh, but uh, speaking it fluently is a completely different thing. You have to know grammar. You have to know the old variations uh, between plural, singular, uh, female, male, all these things. So, yeah, listening is easier. It's just like Dutch people that understand German, right, more or less. Yeah. Because, yeah, they always tell me that they can understand German. But Germans don't understand Dutch. <laughs> That's strange, but... Yeah, yeah, the people or the language. Yeah. <laughs> the and, uh, so just once the Dutch, I think Dutch uh, meet Magento is the exception. Everything's in English. And I think because yeah. the, the, that region, like including Scandinavia, they speak English better than yeah. Americans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing is that they don't have uh, dubbed uh, movies. Right. So they they watch to English movies since they they are child and they speak a wonderful English. And one thing that I remember is during conferences, Dutch people, uh, if there is someone which is not Dutch, they speak in English uh, in order for the others to understand what they say, even if they are speaking one to one. That's very polite. Uh, I, I love Dutch Dutch people. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's let's speaking of Dutch. So we yeah. have we have some new things that are happening in the Magento community that are that are invigorating it. Willem Wigman, yeah. is Dutch, I think originally, yeah. although I think he lives in Germany or he's on very yeah. much cl close to the border. Um, there there is a new energy in our community yeah. right now, and I think it's coming from the Hufa theme. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited. So I'm, I'm getting your take. I'm getting everybody's take on this and, and how it's going to land and, and what you feel about it. Uh, he did a great job because he demonstrated to the community that uh, if you really want to improve things, you can. So don't, don't blame, do, act. Do what you, what you need to improve your platform. Uh, and it took less than one year to, to publish the um, 1.0 uh, release of Viva. And it was almost alone. Then it was uh, also helped by IntegerNet and by people like uh, Vinay. Uh, but yeah, um, at the beginning, he was alone and he managed to do everything alone in his spare time. And this is impressive. And what he did was just trying to reimagine uh, front end and the, the storefront stack uh, for Magento. And he did it. He did it. And we also released our first store front uh, with Huva recently. And the team was very happy to work with that. Um, we still have to learn a lot of things and improve a lot of things because we 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 also um, contributed to Hiva uh, a little bit because we worked on on the commerce edition. So there were features missing from for commerce edition on the Hiva side. Uh, so we contributed to that. Other people contributed, and there is a community inside the community and now, uh, which is the Hiva community, uh, and. Yeah, it's bringing uh, enthusiasm and vitality in in the in the community because yes, one of the things that in these days we we are telling each other is that we don't know when the Magento will change. We know for sure that it will change because they announced it. They are, Adobe announced that they are strangling the monolith, so they are uh, transforming the product from a monolith to um, uh, to a composition of services, most of which are by Adobe, of course, but we don't know when this will happen. Tomorrow, in a year, four years, who don't, we don't know. But we need to know because after all, we have to give answers to the merchants that want to start projects. So there is an initiative from the Magenta Association, a recent initiative to set up an open source um, group uh, reasoning about the future of the open source. And there, there are also, there is also a lot of uh, talking about this in, in the Huva community. Um, William talked publicly about that, this, so this is why I'm, I'm telling this thing. Uh, yes, the, the few people that remain, in, not so few, but a lot of people went away from the community, but the ones that uh, remain in the community are thinking about this because yeah the monolith can um, can be a good product can still be a good product for certain uh, customers so why throwing it away we as a community contributed to create it uh, i was also um, i spent a lot of 
my time in contributing to the criticized MSI functionality. <laughs> it's criticized because it introduces complexity and some performance degradation in, in some circumstances. But for me, it was, it was very, very um, important to, to take part to the, that project because I, I had the pleasure and the honor to work together with uh, Magento Architects and I uh, learned a lot of new things about software architecture and it was really, really impressive. And so that's the spirit of the community. And uh, I would like to see it last uh, long with Magento. Yeah, and I, you know, I've 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 had conversations with Yissa Ritzma about mm -hmm. monolith versus uh, headless and the complexity that brings yeah. in, and and then Vinay uh, certainly has strong opinions about headless mm -hmm. and reasoning around that. Yeah. And really, if we think about it, um, it monolith could still be there if we were to envision it as I'm going to I'm going to like. Let's just say Magento open source packages it with pieces that we can still deploy all at once, or we could choose not to deploy those pieces. That would be a way for the monolith to exist, but still to have, and I, I think they used to say isolated services. I do believe mm -hmm. it's going to microservices, but I think the original Magento vision was isolated services yeah. in, in terms of breaking parts of the catalog up or breaking, yeah. breaking away the front end. But there isn't a reason why we can't deploy it all at once as a monolith and then packaging that up and then always deploying it as a monolith. And if you think about it from the composer standpoint, mm -hmm. we are sometimes just pulling small pieces of Magento in as we mm -hmm. deploy Magento. We don't, also, we don't necessarily have to deploy everything. We, yeah. we could update just a composer file that would just update a module, um, theoretically. Um, yeah. with, there's still a build involved, but the monolith, a non-monolith would still have to involve some kind of a build. So... Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I think there's a, there's probably a happy medium that we could explore. I think, I, I don't, I, I think that Adobe needs to be more forthright on some of their planning to help our merchants understand what's yeah. coming down and what's going to happen. And I think you're right in terms of making sure merchants are happy with what's there. Yeah. At least uh, a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in terms of what are what we're seeing from uh, the SaaS platforms, you know, you know, from from the merchant standpoint, they don't care if Shopify no. is deployed in microservices or because it's all for, for them, it's all know. one big piece, unless yeah, you're running a sure. headless. Yes, yes, I agree. They they don't even know. They, in, there are also some companies here in Italy that gives e-commerce service, so they their customers don't even know which platform is used because they're interested in selling and uh, not in technicalities. Um, so it's true. Sometimes merchants don't even care about technology that's beneath, uh, under the hood. Uh, they care about it just when it's time to integrate different systems. So they, they, 
they have to to ask to their IT department to talk with you because you have to integrate with the ERP or the WMS or some other tools like BIM and so on. But apart from that, they they are not required to know about these things because this is our job under under the hood. So I agree, uh, monoliths or not monoliths, not not their job. So. Yeah, I think that William demonstrated that uh, he demonstrated that front end could be simplified, and probably this community could demonstrate that also the monolith could be simplified. He says ju it's just an example. He wrote um, a good article about how to um, wipe out unused models, models that you are not interested in, models by Magento, uh, demonstrating that the monolith is modular. So yes, it's, it's a monolith uh, because you have your deployment is the deployment of a monolith, but you can compose your monolith with modules, which is natively divided in modules. What Adobe is doing is what they call microservices because it's just uh, a buzzword, but what they have uh, is, um, composition of domain services, because the domain are the catalog, the checkout, the sales rules. These are the domains. And for each domain, they will have services, dedicated services. Not, It's not given that it will be in PHP. For example, Adobe, Adobe Live Search is not a PHP technology. It's just based on uh, Elasticsearch, which is Java. So, we need to know uh, in the future if, if we have to learn new languages or new stacks. It's, it's important for us to be prepared for the merchants. That's that's the reason why we need to know what's coming up because we yeah, have I, to be prepared. Yeah, and I think the the danger or the risk to the monolith is what you just spoke about, like live search. If they start splitting off into those pieces proprietary services that are run as a SaaS platform, then we no longer have control over that code. And really you're turning this into one big, um, one big microservices SaaS thing that you put together and you have to bind yeah. it together with some central, uh, the, modular port, the modular idea of Magento is I think where we should be going where we can choose our services that we want, or we choose our modules that we want to put together. And then, then in, in, in a sense, you have a monolith every time you deploy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. With the vision of Adobe, uh, we probably would say goodbye to open source the way we know it uh, with Magento. Maybe what will remain open source are some tools things like PWA Studio, but not the entire platform. That's also why since we have uh, this treasure, which is Magento open source, why wasting it? Why, why throwing it away? It has, still has value. Maybe we could keep uh, this value. Adobe will do what they have to do because they are a big corporation. They, I, I don't, I don't, um, I know that I can't be in Adobe's head. Uh, their interests are far from my interest. Uh, and, and it's right, they have to do what they have to do. 
but there is this piece of software that a lot of people contributed to to build together with Magento when it was a company that it would be a pity to, to throw it away. So that's basically the sentiment that I'm, I'm catching in the community these days. And I really hope that we will come to something that similar to the HIVA Puva, uh, movement. Yeah, and I, so, so from the open source standpoint, uh, I think, uh, well, Experience Manager is an open source project, product it's based on Java. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that Magento is their first open source PHP product. Yeah. And I think the majority of their products from an open source standpoint are Java. Yeah. Um, I do feel like that we are going to get enough people on board at Adobe that have to know PHP, that PHP mm-hmm. will become one of those, maybe one of the languages and then that will help keep that open source going. Um, but I also think too that it, you know, knowing how long it's going to cha- take to change things, that we are we have years and years yeah. before Magento two would possibly go away, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of seeing where Magento is going in their deployments and and their upgrades and their um, patches and things like that, um, it should even out now a little bit. You know, I think that as we move forward and 2.4 is out now, I don't know if they've ever, they've even announced if there's, when 2.5 is gonna be out. I, I think the roadmap for the next couple of years is still gonna be Magento 2.4 something. Mm-hmm. And that we are gonna be in this now moving forward state in, um, and maybe, that, maybe this is where they start splitting out services while still keeping that central monolith as we talked yeah. about it. Yeah, that's why we're, they, they talked about strangling. They are keeping, no, sorry, they are taking off pieces one by one and it will require time, of course, but it's something that started years ago because when I contributed to MSI and it's something that happened in 2018, uh, that was something that was already uh, in the plans, so it will require some time, uh, maybe years. But the problem is not how much time it will require. The problem is, okay, I need to know more or less when this will uh, be considered finished because I have to be prepared for that. The community, the merchants, uh, the companies that. There are some companies that built their fortune on Magento ecosystem and can't disappear from in one day just because the platform will 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 change. So they they were also the ones that um, contributed to the success of Magento. So I think it, it's a matter also of giving back something to the ecosystem that made Magento. Uh, what what it is, what it is, and it's g- great piece of of uh, software. Uh, I confess, but I think that everyone of us is doing this. I I'm I'm looking at other platforms, and I I I still haven't found another platform that's rich uh, like Magento in terms of feature and flexibility. Um, of course, there are good platforms. You can do 
a lot of things with them, but at date, I didn't find a platform that's comparable to Magento. So yeah, it's it's hard to 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 think that it will could be disappeared the way we know it. Yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point about other platforms. And yesterday, I interviewed a Shopify only mm-hmm. uh, agency or person, and um, they made it very clear that they don't try to fit everybody into Shopify. Yeah. And I think um, as an agency there was a, a long-term expectation as being a Magento-only agency that you would never sell another platform and some of the Magento salespeople would look down on you if you, were, if you didn't have a diverse, if you did have a diverse platform yeah. offering. But I do feel like at this point, it's a disservice because we can't, every one thing can't fit for everybody. And certainly Magento and its complexity and, and, and maybe it doesn't fit best on, for some yeah. merchants and there are better solutions for some merchants. And one thing that we could do better is, is maybe explaining where Magento fits best for merchants, or maybe this would be something Magento Association could do yeah. is explain how Magento fits for a merchant um, and having said that, you know, I, I've done a number of, of demonstrations with Derek mm-hmm. Harlick in, in yeah. person where we, we turn on Magento from scratch and have a working store in 90 minutes, you know? So I think yeah, if, yeah. The, the other thing that happens is because Magento can do so much, yeah. it suddenly becomes complicated because it can become complicated. Yeah, yeah, you, you can do everything. So you, you do everything basically. With Shopify, there are things that are not simply not possible. So the merchant can't decide whether to invest or not money on doing that thing. The merchant simply can't. So it's easier <laughs> from, from a certain point of view. The choice is, is easy, easier. You can't do that. You have limitations on API calls. Uh, you don't have some functionality. You can't um, redesign the checkout the way you want unless you use maybe Shopify Plus with anyway with some limitations. You can't plug any payment gateway you want. There must be uh, approved payment gateway gateway applications, things like that. So it's completely different. And coming from the Magento world, when you you know that everything is possible, even if something can be very expensive to do, but it's possible. And comparing to platforms where you have to admit this thing is not possible, it's, it's not easy from... This kind of transition is not easy for, for me uh, after more than 10 years working with such a platform. But it's something that I have to do. I have to look at the other platforms uh, because, yeah, I have to because Adobe is not giving the entire vision of the future. So I have to work for my customers and be prepared for my customers. 
even if my heart is binded to magenta <laughs> and will right. always be everything speaks magenta around me from yeah the water bottle and logos behind me that you probably see so i'm really i'm really it's part of my life so yeah i think uh you know for a long time we did we had uh, quite a few clients in the music business and the music business um if they knew they could do something then they would put enough pressure on a manager or somebody that's in charge to say, okay, let's do this almost at any cost. <laughs> and it turned out to be sometimes very expensive to do some of the things they wanted to do. The advantage on Magento is yeah. if you build that library of those things on a scale, then it, it really makes sense. But uh, it also turns out that sometimes it's very complicated and expensive to get yeah. what an artist might want out of a solution uh, where the artist doesn't necessarily care how much time or how much cost it is they really just want to have that beautiful outcome and i think the wonderful thing about magento is that you can get that beautiful outcome however you want it um, so you can build your ferrari on on magento um or yeah. you could have your um your you know your kia or your um Hyundai. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not to say that hyundai's aren't as good as a ferrari but they certainly aren't as beautiful as a Ferrari. And let's face it, they're not going to perform like a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, I live in uh, near the city where the Ferrari is built. So you're touching my heart <laughs> with this topic. Yeah. Um, good. So, um, uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned in our, when we in our green room before we started that you have a yeah. passion. Yeah. And, uh, wanna, let's 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 jump into your passion a little bit. I'm yeah. interested to hear about it. All started in 2018 when a guy called Brent Peterson organized something called Big Dumb Run. Uh, I never run before, and I I set this goal of I want to do this run. Uh, in my case, it was a 5k, the 5k, and I trained. Uh, I followed the, um, the training plan uh, that you uh, did with Rebecca. Uh, and I managed to do the, the 5K. And I like it a lot. Uh, I, I've always been the kind of person that likes challenges and likes achieving goals. And then the pandemic arrived and I didn't run anymore. I also had some problems with my my back because of uh, of probably not a proper training. Um, in March uh, in March of this year, I I had the opportunity to to know um, a personal trainer. Uh, he's um, he, he does triathlon. He's a so-called Ironman. He's a coach, and I asked him to prepare me to run the 5K again, because I wanted to, um, to do that thing again. And he accepted the challenge and he raised the bar and told me, no, you, you won't run the 5K, you, you will run the 10K. Uh, so since March, I started training and 5K has become a normal training 
I already run 10K and now my new goal is running a half marathon. And I have this uh, half marathon the end of November. I'm still training for, for that. And I discovered this passion. I really love running. I never knew that I had this passion. Uh, I'm 46 years old now. And I discovered the passion at my age. That's incredible. But, and I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, of course, my, my, my time is just the time of 46 year old guy that never run his in before in his life. But I'm finding these uh, things very, very impressive. And it gives me also the possibility to, to, to be an example for other people because uh, with running came uh, losing weight. So in, uh, since April, I've lost more or less 12 kilograms and um, I didn't think it was possible but it was and I'm still losing some weight and it's when you run you you, you appreciate the fact of waiting less than, than before you you are a runner and it's all started because of you because you organized that run and I had the pleasure to, to attend and it was fantastic experience I won my medal at the time and I hoped to realize my dream of running the half marathon in November and I will you I will keep you posted for sure I will tell to the world you know, on Twitter that I did it for sure great yeah so we have to give credit to my wife Susan who yeah was also on the original Magento Association Committee who yeah. she was the one who really wanted to get some kind of race going at Magento Imagine yeah. and then uh, Madeline who helped yeah. with that uh, with that training program as well so they've been very instrumental in and organizing that event at Imagine has turned into a very big big orchestration you know I think we had nearly 300 people in 2019 yeah. and um uh you know, Madeline has been in charge of that completely since 2018, I think the organization part of yeah. it. So that it is a big, it is a big um, undertaking. Um, and so I applaud you. That's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So you're, um, what is the half marathon you're doing in November? It's in Verona, which is the city of Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's very, it's very, Interesting. And sorry, what, what do you, you, did you ask for precisely? Where, where is it or other? Yeah, where, where, where is it? Yeah, yeah, it's in Verona. It's um, a city in the northern parts of Italy, not far from Milan. Uh, it's known because of the, of the story of Romeo and Juliet. So it's a very beautiful city and it will be um, amazing to run in the city because it's a historical city with a lot of monuments and historical buildings so uh, it can't be compared to Rome but it's, it's similar there is also the Verona Arena which uh, is a small Colosseum so it's very it's very important for for North Italy this kind of the city is very important and I believe there's a marathon there in Verona. I think it's a full, the 42K as well. Um, I, I, because I go to a lot of expositions yeah. and they always, the Verona marathon, I, I, or maybe, yeah, Verona is one that's always 
and and um, Venice are all and yeah, Rome, of yeah, course, are also. some marathons that are always very popular. <laughs> and if you want to know why I I choose that marathon, it's because it will be 21 kilometers on 21 of November in the year 21. So for me, this is not a coincidence. When I'm 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 passionate about numbers that. Uh, recur. So I, when I saw this, I, I decided that it would be that uh, that race, that run, to do. And are you on Strava or anything like that? Are you recording your runs? Yeah, somewhere? yeah, I'm. I'm on Strava. I also. I have to be honest. My life changed when I bought the uh, a watch, a running watch, because it, it's helping me keeping the pace. Uh, with my trainings, I have um, this guy that's that that gives me trainings. I copy them on on the, the watch, and uh, the watch helps me keeping the pace and running at the the right uh, with the right um, timing. Uh, so, and also uh, another important thing for those that are passionate or want to begin is wearing the right shoes. You know better than me that the right shoes can make the difference. I had some pains in my legs and I completely uh, resolved my problem in my legs but just by uh, changing the shoes and choosing the right shoes with the, with the right people. I, I went to a shop specialized on these and I looked at my, at my feet and how I, I did run and, and, and they gave me this pair of shoes and it's very important. Yeah, there's one small business that will, would and should always survive. It is the running shop. And that is exactly the reason because they, if you go to a running shop, they typically will walk, watch you do some walking. Better yeah. that they show, they, they see you running on a treadmill for a short amount of time. And then they suggest some shoes for you. Yeah. If it's a really good running shop. Um, they typically would say, you know, even after a week or two that the shoe isn't working so well for me, they might let you exchange it. Um, mm -hmm. I know, so I'm a big Hoka fan. So Hoka yeah. will let you send your shoe back for 60 days, I think, if you don't like yeah. it for whatever reason. It can be good or bad. Um, it was not prepared, but my shoes are hookah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, and I'm, I became a big fan of them too. They are soft and yeah just right for my my kind of my kind of running style i don't yeah. know how to say it <laughs> but there i call them running on marshmallows yeah exactly <laughs> very comfortable it's yeah, like very a very big plush american car <laughs> yeah yeah um sure. i i'm involved in minneapolis in a in a in a local group called mile in my shoes and their mission is transforming lives through running so i'm very passionate yeah. about this and they bring in people that have been previously incarcerated or in homeless shelters. And really, there's so many things about it. There's the community portion of it, which yeah. I think Magento has embraced very well. And even at, even at the very first Magento conference at this and at the one we did in San Francisco, we did a major run, I think, in 2011 where we ran across the San Francisco bridge. I went with Benai and maybe Thomas 
Fleck and we, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's been, I feel like it's been part of our Magenta community for a long time. And, ha- and doing that helps to build more community because yeah. you're not talking about business, you're not talking about code, <laughs> you're just out talking uh, and having some exercise, which, you know, the yeah. benefit of that is also very good. That's that's the point. Uh, I I forgot to mention the, the the most important point that running has become my medicine. The way I I keep myself healthy. I've never been so healthy like in these days. Even uh, also when I was a young, uh, I I wasn't such healthy because I never had trainings like this. So I'm very happy because I, I, I found a way to be healthy without medicines, real medicines. That's good. Yeah, I know that uh, one of the biggest, um, one of the persons that really hated running and would always complain about running was Philip Jackson. Oh. And now he's turned into a mega runner and an ultra marathoner. Yeah. And I think yeah. he did. You know, he's done 60 miles or 62 miles and he's, he's completely crazy. And even we went to a show last week in, yeah. in Chicago and on his birthday, he ran 26 miles. Um, so, you know, I think that, I think as developers, we end up being very sedentary, even as business people. Yeah, that's the and point. making sure that we do something other than sitting in our seats. And yeah. as con- going into a conference even, making sure that we just don't drink. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the culture around that is going to a party and then going to the Mm -hmm. after party and then sleeping in and trying to wake up and drinking a lot of coffee. And, you know, I think mixing in a little bit of uh, social and exercise is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I really hope that one day we could meet in person again and run together. Uh, I, I didn't run in the um, 2019 imagine because I had some back pains and I didn't train. And then the pandemic uh, dismantled all, all our plans. And I don't know if, yeah, imagine won't happen anymore uh, the way we knew it. So I don't know, but there will be opportunities for sure in the future. I know that the Rome Marathon is on our bucket list for Susan and myself and the Venice marathon is also on our bucket list. Oh, and uh, when in this I year? Think it, I think uh, Rome is in March or something like that. Okay. So not this, not next year, but not next year. Okay. Yeah. We're doing Tokyo in 2020. Wow. But anyways, wow. there's lots of opportunities to, yes. uh, to meet up and, and have fun. So keep me posted. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we, I don't even know where we are on time. I think we're gone way over. So as we wrap, wrap things up today, what, yep. like if you could give somebody some kind of a merchant, what, what do you tell a merchant right now that would be some good information for them as we're going into 2021, at the end of 2021? Well, what I'm saying to merchants is that um, Magento will change for sure in the future. So they have to be prepared to the fact that the, the platform that they they uh, know today can change so we can try to design the best solution for now but they have to keep eyes on the future of the platform so trying to um, do 
also good business with Adobe just because things can change. So establish a good relationship, a good partnership with Adobe just for this reason. And yes, uh, to be honest, today I also um, suggest merchants to, to consider different platforms, not only Magento. Of course, if Magento is the choice, I am, I am, uh, I am the one that they could, could uh, count on to, to do the job. But I, I try to, to keep their eyes open on the future, which is uncertain. So I, I, I really don't, I'm not able to, to, to not say this thing to, to merchants because um, in the end, if I, if I try to keep things secret, they will harm me in the future, hurt me in the future. So I am very transparent with them and very sincere. And I, what I suggest is, yes, keep an eye on, on the evolution of the platform because it's Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, but in, in a few years, it will change a lot. So they have to choose the right partners that can also help them um, migrate from one platform to another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a really great point. Um, and I think there's a role for the Magento Association as well to help to be transparent yeah. And to help, at least from the open source, open source standpoint, help merchants and educate merchants on where yeah. Magento's going and what they can expect. And hey, let's face it, you know, Magento One is still around, and there's still a lot of people using it. Yeah. And so, if it's been how many years? Uh, almost six years for Magento One. Um, yeah. Then uh, Magento Two, even that end of life, which we don't. There's no end of life announced. Yeah. <laughs> so. We have, exactly. a, you know, we're going to have at least another 10 years of, of Magento uh, to, to have fun with. We have a lot, yeah. of, we have a lot <laughs> to look forward to. Um, and, and just to remind us, they tell, tell the listeners your company. Oh, uh, I work for Bitbull. Uh, it's just a word joke, like the, um, the uh, dog species, but with B, initial B. And yeah, my company is Bitbull. We are a distributed company. Uh, so we are in Italy, but we have a couple of guys in uh, UK and Poland. They're Italian, but they live uh, abroad. And yeah, that's it. I, I don't like to, to, to show off or to, to speak a lot about my company and show off about myself. You know, I'm a bit shy. I, yeah. And Sorry. so as, <laughs> as we close out, uh, why don't you give a shameless plug about whatever you'd like to to plug uh no clue what do you mean what do you mean uh you can promote something that you would like to ah promote. okay Anything. sorry no uh, the only thing i want promote to promote is um to try to 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 stay healthy to find the the, the strength to move your ass sorry if i say it so try to go outside do what you like run swim walk but try to stay healthy if you're not if you are a sedentarian individual try to to move a little more a little bit more try to set um, training as your new medicine and eat properly 
eat good food, stay hydrated, because this is changing my life. So it's, it's really changing my life. Uh, so I can testify with my experience that this works. Uh, I, I had to take some medicine for, my, for some uh, level in my blood, fat levels in my blood. And I managed to get rid of them thanks to my training. So this is really changing my life. And that's the only advice and things that I want to promote. Stay healthy. That's absolutely great. And, and that's, again, one of our best uh, shameless plugs that we've had. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for yeah. having me here. Alex, Alexa, uh, Alessandro. Alessandro. Roki. Roki. Yeah. yeah. Roki. See. Uh, great to have you on the show today. Have a fantastic evening. And Thank uh, you. we will speak soon. Bye, Brent. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at SwiftDotter.com. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. EWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. EWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P dot com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe.